What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the verified one at Tim Gettys. My Tim host. Hello, Tim. How are you? Good. I just got lightheaded. Coming what up happened? That fast. You run. Do you you stand up too fast? You sit down too fast. Yeah, move your head too fast. Move my head too fast. Yeah. Have you ever passed out before? Like just like full on like shit passed. Oh, I did once. I told the story on the podcast, but to keep it quick, I was dehydrated sometimes because I'm I'm me. This yeah. is a long, long, long time ago. Well, this is before Lacroix. The, this is when yeah, it's just exactly. Mexican cokes left and I'm, right. I'm the most hydrated person ever. I was like probably like 11 at the time. And I had to go to the hospital. They gave me the IV to like get me hydrated, right? Sure. But they overhydrated me. I had to pee really bad. Sure. So I was like, fuck. So then I, I went to the bathroom, which I as one does do. And I peed and then I fainted in the bathroom. So <laughs> next thing I know, I'm waking up and I'm on the, the bed. And they're like, I was like, what? what's going on? And they're like, you did pass out in the bathroom. And I was like, huh. And they're like, you did. There was a lot of pee and it was everywhere. <laughs> I was like, huh. So yeah, definitely, definitely got caught with my pants down there. I've never, I mean, I've I've passed out drinking, but I've never passed out like a full on. You're, you're like, boom, it all, you know, it goes dark and you go down. I, Unless I'm wrong, and I've told the story before. Pop, keep me honest, yeah, this is wrong. <laughs> but but like I've gotten close before, and it's mm. that thing nowadays. You know, you know, I'm, I'm obviously tired all the time because this goddamn kid. You know, there's all these other things, and so like yesterday, and I'm also doing way more squats than usual. You know, because before my squat intake very low and now i'm down i'm rolling around i'm crawling through tubes you know with benjamin i'm having a great time down there i'm, I'm playing again which is fun but i got up yesterday and it was that i got up and it was one of those like whoa lightheaded a little wobbly from and i'm like what at what point do i need to sit down and be careful you know what yeah. i mean because i almost i almost passed out from smoke inhalation when jen and i were camping last time years ago in yosemite not year i guess yeah probably yeah years ago in yosemite in 2020 because i was stupid and i lit the fire and then i was like put my head right over it mm. And then I came back, and of course, there's no oxygen above it. Yeah. So I started to go wobbling and came back, and then I just like was able to shuffle to a chair and collapse into the chair. But I didn't pass out, mm. but I could have, and I could have fallen in the fire just like that guy in Survivor, like oh, season geez, two. Wow. You Are you guys oh, saying yeah, that yeah, this yeah. is like a rare occurrence, and you guys don't always just feel like this? Well, again, <laughs> what, I mean, I'm always on the verge of passing out there. <laughs> yes, I am saying that. That needs to get looked at at a doctor. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, because yeah, the only I had other a time friend who uh, uh, passed out because he got similar to you, Tim, where he got up too quickly and he just like he blacked out and he like definitely Damn. fell over for a second and he didn't even like remember any of it. Like we we woke sure. him up and he was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Well, that's so that was like unknown again. for them. That wasn't usual for them. That friend. No, that was like a one-time thing. It never happened. That's scary. I've had two friends, uh, not together, years apart, set pass out, and but it was like ah, I knew that might happen, kind of thing. You know what I mean? They had like medical conditions. Oh, both Jesus. were very embarrassed. I was like, don't be embarrassed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's get you some help. Let's get you. Mm -hmm. Not about the passing out. That's whatever. But like right now, you need to get cleaned up. Obviously, you're busted up. Because mm. I think you, you went down. Like you went down the bathroom. I mean, could have been back in the toilet. Totally. Stink. Yeah. Just even the back of it. You know. Yeah. But I've always said you got a really thick skull, so yeah. it worked out. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about the fact that Marvel's Midnight Suns has been delayed. Arc Raiders has been delayed, and. We have good news for everybody's right. golf fans because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you know about. If you like that, 
like the show, be part of it, and support us on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in with your questions, your comments, your concerns. You can be a Patreon producer. You can get the show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday, just like today, ladies and gentlemen, when we will be doing... A question from the audience, Cozy Bear. Uh, of course, if you want to get those in, patreon.com slash games. If you want to watch them, patreon.com slash games. If you just want to say, hey, I'm listening on Spotify, but I think you're doing a great job and I want to kick a few bucks, patreon.com slash games. But there are a number of free ways to support the show. Of course, the easiest if you're using anything on the Epic Game Store, Fortnite on your PlayStation, uh, maybe Rocket League on your Switch. Use the Epic Creator Code, kind of funny. When you enter that, you buy stuff on those stores and we get a cut of the money and you don't get charged any more money. It's just money that Epic goes, ooh, they knew about it. Ooh, they knew about it. It's just like the Twitch people. But they're like, ooh, the, the Prime sub. If you got Amazon Prime, you got a free sub on Twitch. Ooh, they took it right from us because they don't let it auto-renew. They don't let it auto-renew. They want it to be a I bonus. Wish. You don't take advantage of it. So you got to stick it to Jeff Bezos. you got to stick it to the Epic Game Store. Get out there and stick it to the man. Not us, though. Then, of course, another free way to do it. Uh, get Kind of Funny Games daily on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every weekday for free. Of course, you'd get the ads. You want to get the post show. You want to get your questions read. But you still have a good time and a good show. Housekeeping for you. Speaking of a good time and a good show, our Incredible Hulk in review rewatch is up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny and the in review podcast feed. If you didn't know, a little show called She Hulk Attorney at Law comes out next week. We're all very excited. And so to get ready, of course, we watched uh, the Incredible Hulk again to remind ourselves of who is the abomination? What, what, is, what, is, what is he up to? What's, what's, what are his motivations? I Tim? love that these rewatches always have a different energy to them. We're a little more laid back, a lot more jokes happening, a lot more tangents, which is crazy. How is there even more? But there is, and they're great. I, sure. I, everyone should go check this out. You should go check it out. It's a really good episode. It's really fun. And is Andy vindicated and apologized to? We'll find out. Is find Andy out. really mad? Yes, he is. I'll tell you that right now. Just you know, usually this kid cools a cucumber. Mm-hmm. If I was to think of man, Andy Cortez. And I shut my eyes and I don't think of a human. I'm going to think of Snoopy. Snoopy with the sunglasses mm. on. Just chill. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay. Yeah. This is Andy Cortez, but he's Garfield and he's been tossed in a bathtub. All right. Whoa. He is angry. He's ready he's to attack everyone. He's been the house all day. It's, it's sure been really been. upsetting. Well, now he understands my pain with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. But that's a story for another time. For now, let's thank our Patreon producers, Fargo, Brady, Guy V, and the Saboteur. Today we're brought to you by Chime and Me Undies, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Eight items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Now, before we go any further, in the chat, uh, June Dow says Heathcliff greater than Garfield. And I am going to have to time you out for that one. All right. Like, fair. Uh, there's a lot of things I, as a Garfield stand, I'll accept a lot of things. All right. I understand maybe Jim Davis, not the best writer, best artist. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot of problems. You're going to come in here and tell me Heathcliff is better. Like, are you, are you, were you, you're born in 1970? You're coming in with a Heathcliff reference? No, not on my watch, sir. I was not always a Heathcliff watch. guy myself, Greg. I didn't like the way Garfield treated Odie. Sure. That's I was fair. a big Odie fan and I didn't sure. like it. 
Uh, but Heathcliff was my boy. But I did uh, just have to Google Heathcliff just to make sure it was who I was thinking about. So that shows I don't really care about him that much. Uh, but the website, Heathcliff.com, in big, bold letters, it's just Heathcliff, the original orange cat. Like, they got some bones to pick with oh, yeah. Garfield. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. They, and if you remember, too, because, like, when Garfield and Friends was taking off, you know what I mean? Because that's what puts Garfield on the map, Garfield mm-hmm. and Friends, right? Sure, we all had the books as kids. We all had the car, you know, the comic strip collected things. Garfield's fun. Maybe you had the Garfield cat with the suction cups you put in your oh, car. Maybe you had the Garfield phone. Are these all things I had? Of course they were. Mm-hmm. But, like... Garfield and Friends is really where it dominates, right? Especially when we're, you know, we're getting Wilbur and the Barnyard Gang and all over the little, little Eggy. You know what I remember? All these people. These are not their canon names. I'm just trying. Yeah. I think uh-huh. Wilbur's right, actually. Uh, anyways, now, I remember waking up for school and like, you know, I, there's some cartoons on, and you get Woody the Woodpecker, you get mm-hmm. uh, Chili Willy, and then you'd get Heathcliff. And the problem with Heathcliff, you want to talk about a fucking racket they were running, is that I guess I don't even know how this happens. But there was two versions of Heathcliff, and you got him in the same show, where you get one half Heathcliff who lived in a garbage dump, one he- half Heathcliff who was just basically garbage. It like it, it was like Sonic Generations where they had. It was like multiverse Sonics. shit right yeah, there, and I was like, cool. as a kid, I'm like, I I only acknowledge the Heathcliff that looks like Garfield. That looks like mm. a fun cat to hang out with. I don't want to hang out with this filthy cat at the dump. And right there, I was like, I don't got time for this. And Classic. again, as you're a kid, you're like, they're making me wait for Garfield and Friends. That's uh, Saturday morning. Must see TV as a kid. God. Heathcliff's on five days a week with these shitty ass episodes <laughs> next to a Dennis the Menace. Fuck Heathcliff. Number I'm one so on happy. I was I grew I, up <laughs> later than you did. Okay. I, I was always a get fuzzy guy myself. So just put, throw it Get out. fuzzy. Oh, the comic strip? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the comic strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get fuzzy was good. Get fuzzy, I'll hang in there with. Same with Big Nate. Big Nate was one of my big comic strip mm-hmm. uh, inspirations. You know, I used to draw comics. And so you believe you better believe I was writing. I was writing into the big Nate author getting some tips. Doesn't matter. Number one, Midnight Sun is Midnight Suns from Marvel has been delayed again. We go to IGN.com where Rebecca Valentine has the following report: Marvel's Midnight Suns has been delayed a second time, and while it doesn't seem to be a long delay, we are now once again without a clear release date for the Firaxis Tactical RPG. In today's Take-Two earnings call, uh, the publisher revealed that it has moved back the launch of Midnight Suns, quote, to ensure the team at Firaxis Games and 2K deliver the best possible experience for our fans, end quote. It is expected to arrive later this fiscal year, which, for Take-Two, means sometimes between sometime between March of 2023. Now in March of 2023, I guess, because that's how... Be, be, uh, but we don't have a specific date yet. Additionally, only PC, PS4, and Xbox Series X and S players will get to jump in on that date. The PS4, uh, Xbox One, and Switch versions are planned for even later. So I think there's a typo in Rebecca's article here. That'd be, yeah, PS5, you assume, because you're talking about Xbox Series X. So let me read this again. PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S players will get to jump in at that date. The PS4, Xbox One, and Switch versions are planned for an even later. Midnight Suns was originally planned for Take-Two's previous fiscal year with a scheduled release this past March. But it was delayed once again, pushing it into October of this year. Greg Greg pointing out here, that would have been perfect. Spooky season, you kidding me? Let's go. That would have been a great Halloween game. At the time, it was implied that the delay was at least in part connected to increases in the difficulty of making games as technology has improved. Speaking to Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick, he reiterated that this second delay was due to a search, was due to a, quote, search for quality and a great deal of confidence uh, that we have uh, – that we have a wonderful title on our hands and we want to make sure it's as good as it possibly can be, end quote. When asked if there was any concern that Midnight Suns would dip out of the fiscal year a second time, a.k.a. get delayed a third time, he replied, quote, I'm not concerned about that, end quote. Good answer. 
I hate, I love and I hate fiscal calls because we get information like this, but then every fucking quote you get is nonsense, bullshit, just whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I, and this isn't me faulting, you know, the nonsense bullshit. You're talking mm-hmm. to a bunch of investors. I get it. You're just going to say what you got to say. And I'm not faulting Rebecca for reporting it because you want to say what actually happened in the thing. But it's like none of these, none of, none of this. None of this added any context to what's going on with this delay, why the thing is, or when we're actually getting the game. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, though, I think this is a good thing. I know that's obvious where it's just like, hey, they're, they believe in this game. I feel like Marvel Games needs to only have wins from this point out after Avengers, right? Like that, I yeah. feel like that really, that should have been the big one. It's the biggest brand that there is in entertainment period so for them to mess that up i definitely think it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths when it comes to marvel games and that is unfortunate when on the other hand there are things like spider-man out there guardians out there like they're going to continue i think being more of those games than there are avengers and this game seems to be that as well it's a different type of genre this is not going to be for everybody but i think that they they know what they have uh, and that it is going to speak loudly to the people that care about this type of game. But I also think that the Marvel wrapping, the way that they're positioning, especially with iconic characters like Wolverine being involved, I think it's going to speak to people that are going to try this type of game out for the first time, uh, which we saw happen recently with uh, Mario plus Rabbids on the Switch, right? Where I think that the, it was less the Mario branding, it was more just the, the Switch and, I mean, I guess Nintendo's licensing uh, in general there. So many people tried that type of game for the first time and fell in love with it. And I think that the same thing can happen with the, the Marvel branding here, especially taking it a little bit more dark and serious, it looks like, as opposed to um, every other Marvel game that we've gotten recently that does feel a little bit more like, oh, this could take place in the MCU. So my question to you, Tim, is a loaded one, I'll admit. Mm-hmm. Load me up. But do you think... Marvel games regrets going down this path of Midnight Suns. Not because no. the game's going to be bad, but just in generally a point like you're like, they can't have another miss after Avengers, right? They can't screw up on that scale again, yada, yada, yada. This is a game that, without a doubt, will not appeal to the masses. This is not a, hey, you love Marvel, you'll love this game. This is a, hey, you love Marvel and card-based tactical RPGs? Like, it's going to be, like... It's that has to hinder its sales, right? That will have to hinder its uh, review scores. Like the delay here to ensure it's the best possible game, you assume is them like still trying to find the fun or enhance the fun of what this system is and how it plays. Yeah, I, I think that this is less like a the sales push because I feel like they understand like they're the ceiling for this type of game has a much lower sales uh ceiling than something like avengers right so i think that it's a different conversation i think it's more on the quality side of things where it's like they can't have a miss where it's like the quality of avengers was not what it needed to be and in terms of review scores like i i I have faith that this game is going to be great i don't think it's going to necessarily be a 10 out of 10 but i think that it's hard for this genre to be a 10 out of 10 and if it is there are very specific things that they're going for which i don't think this game is going to be doing um but i i have faith that it's going to be great i I really do think that this game the game is going to be solid i think the story is going to be fun enough and introduce people to characters that they're not that they haven't seen for the last 15 years in in movies like over and over and over i I want to see some more gameplay barrett i haven't seen that blade gameplay yet but i i think this could be cool and also with this delay like we don't know when and it's not even official that there's going to be a midnight suns mcu project but i mean i feel like at any moment they're going to announce one and it could even be at d23 coming up next month so it's like if this this coincides with that not even the show coming out but even the show being announced i think that that would give it a lot more 
oomph and like understanding yeah. of what this is. But I think that uh, even without that, Midnight Suns branding from Marvel, it's like not only is the genre a lot more niche, the the title and the the team is a lot more niche. And I think that that kind of sets it in the right place where Marvel doesn't need to just be the biggest heavy hitters. It can also be these other things. It reminds me a lot of Star Wars Squadrons, right? A game sure. that takes a mega brand but makes it appeal to a very specific crowd. But uh, it's a crowd that is like it's a match made in heaven right where it comes with these flight sim stuff star wars cool let's do nvr all of that that's makes a lot of sense i think this makes a lot of sense too i think it does too like this is you know obviously take all the time you want i believe it was ed boone who said a delay a game that's released unfinished is bad a fatality is forever uh I want them to do this, but this is a bummer. This is definitely one of the ones for, for the fall that I was like, oh, this is one that I can't wait for. This is, uh, you know, turn down the lights, get settled in, and really jump into this game. I love the idea of being a new hero, dropped in with our other heroes, seeing how that world evolves, where we're going. Yeah, taking it into this, you know, dark, uh, you know, mystical place or whatever it's going to be. I'm bummed that I don't get to play it sooner. Yes, take all the time you want. I'm still, I'm excited for it. This isn't me being a naysayer of the game. I'm excited for what we've seen and where it is. But I do wonder, you know, when you you talk about like you know being able to take it in different directions and what Marvel games can do, I'm sure they do want more Spider Mans. They do want more Spider Man twos. They do want more Wolverines. They do want it to be that like oh my god, I can't wait. Where this game's always met with looks interesting. You know, yeah. oh man, I can't like what like I think it's gonna get like based on what we've seen. Greg Miller spitting off the cuff here. You know what I mean? I would say what you're looking at a lot of probably a lot of sevens in there. Yeah, maybe some eights. You know what I mean? And is that good enough for Marvel games? Is that where they want to be? And again, if, if they make, we've talked about this before. We just did a whole uh, kind of funny games cast available at youtubecom slash kind of funny games and games cast podcast feed around the world. <gasps> is that you know the phases of Marvel games and how I think they've you know learned from their mistakes and they got out a bunch of early stuff and now they have a bunch of bangers coming. But where does this fall? And then where do you want more mobile games? And like what what is the Marvel games brand identity? And I think they've done well with it, honestly, overall. But I do look at this game and go, okay, cool. Like, this appeals to me. And I guess, you know, I mean, not every game needs to appeal to everybody. But when you are Marvel, I'm sure you want to appeal to everybody. Yeah, but I think there's the other way to look at it, too, where it's like the they're not going to stop making that genre of games, right? So how do you make that genre of games appeal to the most people? Sure. And Marvel, like Marvel. So it's like, I yeah. think that the, you can look at it from different perspectives. Like, you're and not It's wrong. definitely the thing of that, you know, like what I've always talked about, why I love Marvel games and where their head's at is that they do take, for the most part, and I know everyone wants to throw Avengers at me, sure, but they do, for the most part, go to, hey, you know, you make a great game like X, we're going to go give you a, a, a property like Y. And so the mm -hmm. idea that they were like, hey, we're, we want to <laughs> make this kind of game, this kind of tactical game, right? We're going to go to Fur Axis. We're going to exactly. go to the XCOM people and say, hey, let's make this, but make it a Marvel thing. And hopefully it is like I was talking about, you know, with Insomniac and Spider-Man, like this coming out party where it does get them to the masses more than they would have gotten before. Absolutely. Yeah. And the one thing I want to say that I, I feel like is unsubstantiated to a point, but I do think is a very real thing that we're going to start seeing a lot more in recent times, the last couple of years, game delays are just like uh, the most likely news story in the world, sure. right? Like we report on them constantly. Oh, delayed. Here's the game being delayed again. Right. I think we're getting to this interesting point of games being scared of God of War Ragnarok, where it's like you just don't want to even be anywhere near it. I've had business calls on the back end uh, with people that have said things to me that I was shocked by of just like, 
hey, we're pulling out on this. We're backing off of this. We're just giving God of War its space. And it's like, I can imagine a lot of people are like, why Why even risk it? I know we always sit here and talk like what actually affects the sales of another thing we talk all the time about uh, the Battlefield and Titanfall 2 situation, yep. right? And all this and how EA did that to themselves and all that. But it's like, okay, do different genres affect it? Do, does this, does this, whatever. God of War Ragnarok, I think is kind of, a game to its own in terms of hype and like expectations and like how much it's just going to control the narrative of the industry come November and come to lead it into it and right after it. That I can imagine a lot of people looking at the rest of this year as almost a wash. Fair enough. We will wait and see to see what happens. And of course, when you got take two CEO Strauss Zelnick, who had front row seats, front row seats, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. SummerSlam, me and Tim went down there to take a photo. They had Strauss Zelnick's seats sectioned off. I'm like, damn. We gotta learn to, to be friends with Strauss Zelnick. <laughs> <That's, laughs> yeah. You're always worried about the market uh, forecast. <laughs> Number two on the Roper report: Ark Raiders was delayed because Embark Studios, oh, oh, because of Embark Studios' other game. This is a blog post written by the studio head Patrick Soderlund. An update on our games. Yesterday, we announced that we're delaying the release of Ark Raiders to next year, having previously said the game was coming out in 2022. We understand if you're disappointed. You won't be getting your hands on Ark Raiders this year, and for that, we apologize. In the spirit of transparency, I want to shed some light on what led to this decision. In short, it boils down to sequencing. As you may be aware, Embark has several projects in development beyond Ark Raiders, and um, we're also working on a team-based first-person shooter codenamed Project Discovery. Uh, we shared a small tease with some early footage of the project late last year. We've got a number of super talented people with ample FPS experience here at Embark, and the development of Project Discovery has progressed faster than we first imagined, especially over the past few months. So much so that we started facing the prospect of being able to release two games simultaneously. For a young, relatively small studio like ours, releasing two games in short succession uh, would have strained our teams and resources, many of which are shared between the two projects. As such, we decided to let Project Discovery be our studio's first game to market, pushing Arc Raiders uh, to a 2023 release. It's a decision that will allow us to expand and refine the Arc. I'm looking at the chat now. Am I screwing this up? Because it's Arc all caps. So is it ARC Raiders? Is that how I should be saying this shit? You think, Sam? Because it's Arc. No, it's Arc. All right. Arc no, Raiders Arc. experience. The world of Arc Raiders is exceptionally compelling and lends to many ways to play. Over the course of this spring, we started uh, to concept and prototype a PvP-focused game mode in the Arc Raiders universe that we're eager to spend some more time on before the game's release. This extra time will allow us to do just that. As soon as we're ready to test Arc Raiders with a more sizable number of players, we will be diving into more detail about the game, its promise, and its gorgeous but lethal world. And without getting into spoiler territory, I wanted to give you a heads up uh, that more news on Project Discovery is due very soon. And he puts a little TM there. So stay tuned. Here's what I'll tell you straight off the bat, Tim. Mm -hmm. I don't know about either of these fucking games. You know what I mean? This sounds like we we fed an AI every game title ever and it popped out Arc Raiders in, in Project Discovery. All right, good for you. But what I like about this is that it's exactly the opposite of what we just talked about with Strauss Zeldnick on that financial call. Of like, oh yeah. Listen, here are a bunch of fucking word salad quotes that don't. Well, I'm not concerned about that. Search for quality and a great deal of confidence that we will have a wonderful title on our hands, and we want to make sure it's as good as a pot. All right, thank you, Strauss. Now, all right, you get him off the call. He's like, look, it's like they have a clock going. He's filibustering, trying to keep this fucking call going. Give the investors something when he says it, right? Uh, but this is, you know, from Patrick, a very honest and like, hey, here's exactly how this happened and why it happened. It's like, okay, cool. 
Yeah, totally. The game looks cool with that footage we yeah, just they saw both there. Look cool, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I, good for them, especially being a new team. I feel like we're about to see a lot of this. You know, in the I feel like in the last five years, there's been upwards of 20 different companies uh, that were like, hey, we used to be here. Now we're starting our own thing and we're going to be launching our own game. And we get the logos of their studio with their fun, cool name. And then it's like, oh, here's the we're going to start talking about the games. And then you're going to get the transparent uh, blog post that are just like, and those games are now being delayed and they need more time. We're working on it. But hey, that's game development, right? Like you just got to kind of expect that these ebbs and flows are going to happen. And then 10 years from now, there's going to be Summer Game Fest or E3s or whatever ends up being the thing then uh, where they're, those games are going to be there. You know, High Moon Studios, yeah. not High Moon Studios. What's the, that's no moon, right? We'll see their game. Like hopefully uh, Embark here have had a couple of wins under their belts and are coming out with like even bigger projects that we're excited about on the level of something like an Insomniac. Yeah, we'll wait and see. But yeah, it's fun to see the difference between uh, the Corpo path versus the independent path. And <laughs> you talk about your game being delayed and why it's not coming out when you said it would, but Good luck to everybody involved, says Greg Miller. Uh, more importantly, it probably honestly what should have been the number one news story of the day, but sometimes you know, you save the best for third. Everybody's golf studio has registered trademarks for a potential new golf game. This is Chris Scullion over at VGC. Everybody's oh, shoe. Hey, what up, shoe? Woo! Everybody's golf studio clap hands has registered two new trademarks for what could be a new golf game. As spotted by Reset Era, two new trademarks registered to the Yokohama-based studio have been published in Japan. The first is easy come, easy golf, while the second is a Japanese phrase translated to anytime golf. Given that they were both registered in the same day, it's likely that these are the Western and Japanese titles for the same game. It's not yet clear if these trademarks relate to an entirely new game or a port of Clap Hands Golf, which was released as an Apple Arcade exclusive in April 2021. Tim, let's fucking go. But also, let's be sad that these won't be PlayStation exclusive anymore. You know what I mean? That that seems to have fun all gone away. The last Everybody's Golf we got, which was a fantastic game that we all loved, and now the servers are turned off or about to be turned off. I forget for online play. Rest in peace. You know, that we, we had it, and as usual... The audience didn't support it enough. Mm-hmm. We had we had a lovely handheld in Vita. We had a lovely handheld in PSP. Nobody wanted to support those enough to make sure we had PlayStation handheld gaming anymore. And so mm-hmm. then you turned your lonely eyes to everybody's golf, and you all said, no, 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 I don't want to play that. I'd rather play this weird game where I see this person's butt. That's what you all said. Yeah. And then I was over here trying to save everybody's golf. Why you all play? said, no, thank you. Then Clap mm-hmm. Hands has to go make an Apple Arcade game. Now Lord knows what we're getting with Easy Come, Easy Golf. Muffin hands, muffin cheeks. <laughs> That's a good name. I do say that myself, you know? Yeah, but Greg, if it, if it was a PlayStation exclusive, not everybody can golf. So it being open, maybe it gives yeah, a little more true, room for success, more people to play with online, Greg. Maybe they'll keep those servers longer Truly for you. Kim, you just turned me around. You just turned me yeah, around. Yeah. As long as it's not PlayStation, I don't care. I don't care if it's exclusive or not. Everybody knows how much I love uh, Everybody's Golf, a.k.a. Hot Shots Golf. Uh, you know, those were formative uh, PSP games for me. Uh, so the idea that getting that to more people, I had downloaded, and I you know, I should boot it back up here. We'll do it right now. Because I had downloaded. Boot this. it up. Oh, let me get the thing, Booty too. It up. Ah, ah, it's, hold on. Oh, sorry, sorry. Got my I got my black backbone upstairs, and I got mm-hmm. my white backbone down here in my bag from when I was traveling. The the clap hands golf game I originally released right, and I was like, yeah, let's go. And then I was, then everybody's like, oh, I got it, and I downloaded, it and I was super excited, Tim. And then guess what? Just touch controls, and I was like, fuck this, I'm out. And then somebody had tweeted me, somebody had tweeted me and said they had added this, and this is a while ago. This isn't like new stuff, so I think it's been added, Tim, where I can actually get in there now. And play the way God intended. And that's with the mm-hmm. backbone controller. So that's exciting exactly. for me. 
I'm excited yeah. for you. Speaking of mobile games real quick, I'm yeah. excited for, and this is like tying back to the last story a little bit, but Marvel Snap, man. I'm excited for this damn thing. People seem super stoked on it that are playing it. There's monetization problems it, it had. But they took it back apparently they took it back. right? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I've been following this a little bit. I'm super excited about it. This weekend, I was like, you know what? G's out of town. I got I got time on my hands. I'm going to play some of this Marvel Snap. Available everywhere except iOS. And I'm like, oh, this is this is a disaster. And it's like, all right, cool. You can like fake your shit and pretend you're in the Philippines and then you can play it. I'm like, ah, I tried doing that for like 10 minutes. It took a little too long. So I stopped. Anyway, I'm excited about this game somebody keep me updated when it actually comes out let me know otherwise i feel like i'm not gonna know it's out and it's just gonna happen and, and i'm gonna lose it so there you go hold on and one I'll second take touch controls for that i don't need no back baron i want you to tell tim about playing steam deck last night tell me uh, tell me all about that steam deck tim i was playing the steam deck i was bouncing around in between a bunch of games you know i'm uh hopelessly addicted to neon white so i was starting mm-hmm. a a full run of neon white again totally whiffed it in 10 minutes like in the first 10 minutes i was like all right this ain't the run and then i turned that off bounced between a couple of other games and then started up uh batman arkham asylum for the first time on the steam deck like i actually playing it and not making sure it works and god damn that game like on this tiny little handheld pc i tweeted about it it's just so impressive to me that that game can run and it can look great and it looks like it like is actually running on a pc where the resolution and the frame rate and stuff is better than like what it was on the 360 and the ps3 and stuff like that Steam Deck is just a magical little little boy, and I love him so much. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Uh, real boy. quick, KG in kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong writes in to say, everybody's golf servers are turning off the 30th of September, 2022. So, Tim, we got to get ready for that. Get ready, everybody. I see, this is a bummer thing, too, where it's like, oh, man, my Apple Arcade expired. And I forget, Clap Hands is still, or Clap Hands Golf is still on Apple Arcade. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. I'm not yeah. committed to that. I got remote play. I don't need it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean, Craig. And again, you all killed the Vita version. We could have been playing more. You know, I digress. Sure. We'll wait to see. I assure you, when I know what Easy Come Easy Golf is, and if I'm mm-hmm. playing that, you'll be knowing about it. Because Tim, no, there's gonna be booties in it, Greg. I'm just saying. There's gonna be booties in it. You think? Yeah. There weren't that many booties in everybody's golf. They literally. Now, you want to go to Hot Shots Golf? Okay, we're not gonna talk about the bikinis you can wear at Hot Shots Golf and the crazy glasses. I do miss that customization, mm-hmm. not the TNA. I miss that level of custom. I digress. Tim remembers when I got everybody's golf on PlayStation Four and almost cried at my desk because it was exactly <laughs> what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, All right, so let's not act like this. Number four on the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen. This is now you. You say, man, Greg, the word arc's been coming up a lot. I'm sick of mm-hmm. you saying it. I'm sorry. I can't stop, ladies and gentlemen. Arc System Works wants to work with more IPs. This is Mitchell Saltzman and Logan Plant over at IGN.com. Arc System Works creates some of the best fighting games in the business. From Dragon Ball Fighter Z to Guilty Gear Strive to the recently relieved DNF Duel, there's no shortage of great fighting games coming from the studio. However, beyond recognizable titles like Dragon Ball, Fi- Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and they just call it Dragon Ball Fighters, don't they? Mm-hmm. I think so. I don't know. I, I mean, know. if you're going to capitalize the Z at the end, I'm going to capitalize it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to I'm going to pounce on it. I'm going to pronounce it. And so don't come at me being like, well, that's not how you say it. That's how you wrote it. All right. Don't come it's the same with the arc words, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the studio's offerings have been relatively niche uh, when you travel outside of the hardcore fighting game audience, especially in the West. 
uh, Arc System Works CEO wants to change that. At Evo 2022, IGN spoke with the CEO who said that in the past, Arc Systems Works has been very passive with regards to collaborating with other IPs, with IP holders being the ones coming to them with the offers for collaboration. The CEO wants to change that attitude. Moving forward, uh, he said the studio uh, plans to be less passive in pursuing partnership opportunities. Specifically, he wants Arc System Works to create games that will resonate with Western audiences. Whether that means licenses with global appeal like Dragon Ball or working with franchises that originated in the West remains to be seen. Quote, we need to expand the fighting game community. Oh, sorry. We need to expand fighting game communities through IP. In the future, uh, if we have such an opportunity, we are actively pushing to collaborate with new IP owners, end quote. Of course, yesterday on KFGD, it was reported uh, that Guilty Gear Strive uh, had finally surpassed a million sales, making it Arc System's highest-selling original title. As of November 2021, Dragon Ball Fighters surpassed 8 million copies worldwide. You love to see it, man. And this backs up what we were saying earlier about uh, Midnight Suns and kind mm -hmm. of taking a, a genre that has a, a niche but very supportive community and giving them a game that has IP to kind of get that more mainstream appeal. Look at these numbers, right? One million being such a success for an original game for Strive, which is fantastic, especially for a Guilty Gear game, but then eight million for Dragon Ball Fighters. Like, clearly, there's something there, right? So good on them. Arc System Works have been putting in the work for so long. Guilty Gear games have always been incredibly deep and also just beautiful to look at and that it has been true since the very first one i love that they've always kind of committed to the the visual language of those games you see the blast blue and all that stuff how, how it continues and then you get dragon ball fighters and it's like that game i can't believe is real with how it looks like it just seems like you know so many times you're like oh it looks like a pixar movie oh it looks like a cartoon whatever it's like you look at that and you're like man Video games have come a long, long way. So it's really damn cool. And then you add something like Evo, which is just like the coolest thing in the world. And watching how hype it was this weekend. I love that the fighting game community is, I feel like, solidifying in a way and getting more and more mainstream PlayStation getting involved, all of this. Like, yeah. still a long way to go, right? But this is the right way to, to look at it. And we do, we do, I think, need the IP to kind of get those more. A couple more 8 million copies sold uh, games under ARC's belt. And I feel like that can only help the fighting game community as a whole. You talk about that IP, the one, the only, my dog Nick96 from Massachusetts writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can and said, hello, KFGD crew. I just wanted to throw out some IPs I'd like to see adapted into fighting games since Arxis uh, has uh, said they want to be less passive about approaching IPs. Then he has three picks, one piece. It's mega popular. It's a no-brainer, in my opinion, mm. after Dragon Ball Z Fighter Z's. Uh, I'm honestly surprised we haven't seen a One Piece dedicated fighter in quite some time. His second pick, Star Wars. Uh, you may think uh, this might mostly be Force users, but I think we get weird with it, especially if they pull in characters from the Star Wars Visions anthology series. Uh, and then he goes, Tezuka. I desperately want a fighting game using characters from uh, Tezuka's work, especially regard, uh, usually regarded as the godfather of manga. Uh, he has made tons of classic characters. He is usually known for as I'm sorry, as the creator of Astro Boy, uh, but also known for characters like Blackjack, Kimba the White Lion, and uh, Hiyaka Mamaro from Dururu, and many others. Uh, anyways, just want to throw in some ideas. I'm curious to hear what you'd think. Well, my dog Nick ninety six. Let me start from the top. All right. Mm -hmm. Maybe you maybe maybe you missed the point where they wanted to use IPs that would be successful. They wanted to use IPs that would grow the brand. Get this weeb shit out of here. Are you fucking kidding Greg, me? Don't make me well, 
Don't. Well, no. no. One Piece and no. Tezuka really would do great. Am I saying they're bad, Barrett? No. Am I saying anime's bad? No, not at all. That's not my point. This is not it. It's when he comes in here and he's like, man, uh, I got, can you imagine? Madog Nick, 96, just flew in from Massachusetts, <laughs> marches in to the Arc System Works office, and they're like, we are excited to hear the pitch for how you're going to expand our uh, reach. And he's like, how about more anime? <laughs> what the fuck? Well, no, Star okay, Wars okay. is a great pick. Marvel, okay. DC, this is what they're Craig, talking I about. I agree with you on the Tezuka one. That is a very, like, niche, like, specifically Tezuka works. That's like, okay, like, yeah, but... To expand the the brand, right, of Arc System Works, you don't just do one anime. You do all anime. You do Shonen Jump. Fine, you do a more. better version of Jump Force, which was the, the 3D uh, Shonen Jump fighting game that, like, never looked super great. But you actually do it in the 2D uh, uh, fighting style as Dragon Ball Fighter Z, what Arc System Works is known for. And you bring in all of these different characters to fight against each other in that beautiful art style that was already sold with uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z of, like, how closely that looks to the anime in and of itself. And you bring all of the other Shonen Jump uh, 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 uh stories in there you, you know you get like a uh, one punch man you get my hero academia you get one piece all that stuff uh, d- uh, uh d- demon slayer that's what i want that's what i want and, and and barrett's right there that would be the way you do it but that still comes with complications because here's the thing i feel like the what ip they need to partner with it i feel like it has to be an animated property because i feel like the magic of it is that art style and that works best with anime looking things cartoon looking things even potentially but i just don't see it Mm. dragon ball z is on a level of its own in terms of popularity in anime i don't think that any other anime can stand with that in terms of the nostalgia and in terms of the western appeal as well as the eastern appeal i would argue not so but that's but that's another conversation (laughs) but but i mean but even then i I don't know i don't think a naruto fighting game is gonna sell eight million copies i just Mm. don't Mm. like i feel like that like dragon ball has the inherent kind of like uh it, it fits better with with a fighting game, I think, in terms of what people are looking for. However, as a character, I agree with you. It needs to be more of a Smash Brothers anime type thing. Yes. But it's getting the branding of that right. Because I think Super Smash Brothers lucked the fuck out with that weird-ass name that ended up sticking and working. Right. Shonen Jump's not going to sell 8 million copies, right? No, you need I to have a name that everybody can just understand. Oh, I expect my favorite anime characters to be in it, right? Mm-hmm. That is the, the, the nut that they need to crack, everybody. And I can't crack it. If they figure it out, like, I I think they need to do it. If they can figure out the branding, I agree with you, Tim. Like, the branding is a little uh, iffy on that one, but I, I think they could work it out. Uh, someone else in the chat, I lost uh, who it was because I responded to them just with the words, fuck yeah, because they also uh, recommended that they should be the ones to remake Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and I would just, yes, yes, please. Mr. Hawks182 says, anime fellas fighting. Goth hero, that's who it was. That's a good name. It is. That's a really good name. That's a really good name. <sighs> Whatever. You know? Y'all want to keep making small games that don't go anywhere. Go for it. You want to appeal to this very niche audience. Enjoy yourself. Don't get me wrong. There's legitimately nothing they could do to make me play it. They could be like, hey, we're making a Ghostbusters fighting game. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm not going to. I don't like fighting games. So I'm not the audience no matter what. But I assure you, if you already got Dragon Ball Fighter Z and Guilty Gear Striving, D- DNF Duel, <laughs> okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Go ahead and make another one about Naruto. Go do whatever you want. You know, go ahead. Monster. Fucking clown. Star Wars, that would be interesting. I could see Star Wars would be cool to see. I would like Master to see Star Wars in, in like that uh, Dragon Ball Fighters art style as well. Like, I mean, that would be insane. That would and be like, that's so the type cool. of thing that like I think really could 
move the needle in terms of interest for that stuff. But but even then, I, I still I think that there, especially with the style of these art games, there is an anime level of just abundance that I, I think is like really the strength of the supers and all that stuff that I don't know. I don't see Star Wars ever getting that fun and crazy. Like uh Madog Nick brings up Star Wars Visions, and it's like, yeah, that's that they do kind of go there sometimes, but I don't see it being a full game. I don't see Luke Skywalker in that style going all crazy with some super moves. God, but I would love it so much though. I would too. He would just wait for them to sleep and then try to kill them. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Star Wars sucks too. <laughs> 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 ladies and gentlemen do you like when i make fun of the things you love even though i have no reference for what i'm making fun of well thanks i get to do it because of your support on patreon.com slash kind of funny games so why not go there and toss me a few bucks tell me what you love and i'll drag it through the mud even though i have no idea i'll just cut a promo about dnf duel which stands for don't nod fella they don't want you falling asleep playing that game uh, of course on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can write and be part of the show you can get the post show and of course you can get the show ad free but guess what jack you're not on there so here's a word from our sponsor no one and the rock means no one likes waiting on a paycheck. Especially, ladies and gentlemen, when you've got bills due. Good thing there's now Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. Waiting for your money, never good. Getting your money in advance, great. Who wouldn't want that? Chime is more than about just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on the payer. Where'd the sunglasses go? Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Have you heard about the legendary underwear brand that's taken the podcast world by storm? Famous for their buttery soft undies and bralettes, Me Undies loves podcasts just as much as you do. It's like they're made for you and you're made for them. You're made for each other. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you know I love my Me Undies because they're the most comfortable underwear I've ever had and because they have great patterns. As the king of Halloween, my candy corn pair never fails to make me smile. Everyone knows Me Undies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes, but did you know they also make other stuff? We're talking about durable, cushy socks that will make your feet sing. They even make hoodies for your dog so you can match every important person in your life. Available in sizes XS to 4XL and tons of colors and prints. Meundies has a great offer for my listeners. Any first-time purchasers can get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. And you're wrong. Bander SN climbed off his anime pillow and put down the pocky to type. One Piece is the second best-selling comic of all time, above Dragon Ball and Batman, second only to Superman. Weeb shit sells. You are you guys want to walk in to the fucking factory uh, that sells apples, and you're like, you know what we should sell? I heard you want to be more successful and diversify. You know what we should sell? A different kind of apple. Shut up. <laughs> Number five on the it wasn't about the popularity. Some of them wanted to get into a different audience's hands. 
Well, should we do a pear? No, do a green apple. That'll really get, that'll really set the world on fire. <laughs> this one we're gonna say get off the animate pillow and drop the Bucky. Bucky's delicious. Number five. Number five on the rover. Let's get the show back on the track. 99% of Netflix subscribers haven't tried its games yet. Uh, this is Emma Roth over at The Verge. Tim, have you played any of the Netflix games? uh no i ha- well yeah at summer game fest i played okay um, shut up you know what i mean you're a netflix subscriber right have you downloaded the games or played no, any the games that, yeah me neither but that one that i played was really cool though yeah i enjoyed that one fine it was the weird soccery one right yeah Not soccer volleyball. But it was kind of, yeah, yeah volleyball yeah right. dodgeball dodgeball as netflix continues to build out its portfolio of games the streamers seeing uh less than one percent of its subscribers interact with them on a daily basis according to the data obtained by cnbc from app trap tracking group aptopia netflix's games average 1.7 million users per day a sliver of Netflix's 221 million subscribers globally. Aptopia found that Netflix's games uh, have been downloaded a total of 23.3 million times since Netflix announced a push into mobile gaming in November 2021. The streamer started with just five games, a collection uh, that has since expanded to over two dozen titles, including a game based on Exploding Kittens card game, uh, the League of Legends spinoff, Hextech's Mayhem, and the strategy title Into the Breach. Netflix also plans on adding a game based on its original series, The Queen's Gambit, which, if you remember, blessing willed into existence one day before mm-hmm. it was announced. Mm-hmm. Netflix wants to double its current offerings of games uh, to 50 titles uh, by the end of 2022 and has acquired three indie game studios to help it meet its goal. Uh, Previous reports show Netflix's games downloads slowly growing over the course of the almost one year that the games have been available. Tim, is Netflix gaming going to stick around? I mean, I don't know if it's going to stick around, but I feel like that everything I've seen of this is so much more doom and gloom where it's like you can just switch this headline to like millions of people are more millions more people are playing these games than you thought right because it's like i'm surprised that that many have actually with how little it seems like netflix actually promotes this stuff and i haven't seen this on my netflix at all uh we cover it on on these shows but it's like i haven't seen the functionality and i use netflix and that's the thing about it where even as somebody who is in the industry does all this stuff like is it a separate app i need to get or is it in because i don't use netflix on my phone right like i use netflix on the tv so the tv isn't telling me to go do the thing yeah, I have absolutely no idea. We're gonna do some. We're gonna do something. All right, we're gonna do it. Do some. Uh, gonna, uh, do some investigative uh, journalism here. Greg. Have you done it, Barrett? Have you played any of these Netflix? I've canceled games? Netflix, so no. What? Okay, that's fair enough. It's in the Netflix phone app. Everything. All right, so I'm opening okay. up my Netflix okay. phone app, and now it's gonna say, "What's your fucking username?" And if the phone doesn't remember, I assure you, I don't. Blessing yeah. says it's on the phone app. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I never use oh, the. Man. I rarely use the phone app, so that would yeah. make sense why I don't see it, but. Uh, but hey, a lot of people, less than 1% of the people that are using Netflix is still, I mean, it could be something less than 1% could be. There's two dudes that did it once, you know, and they were drunk. Yeah. It's not, a, not a real number, but then them no. down here, 1.7 million. All right. All right. Now I'm in and man, they aren't making it easy for me to know there's games here. Right. Hold on. Let me put it in privacy mode. So I don't turn around and show something, you know, I don't want to show y'all, you know, but look at that. I got Sandman right there. Sure, of course. Why not? I gotta nice. hide my fucking fat face, sir. And then I got like you know categories, TV shows, movies. I don't see. There's no. It's not jumping off the page saying games. And again, I'm not saying, you know, scroll down. They're saying, everyone's yeah, saying. There it is. Ads. No games. No ads. Oh, but it's only promoting Stranger Things. I'll keep scrolling. Oh, I'll scroll to the side. Do, do I want to play Stranger Things? Stranger Things 1984. Stranger Things three. The game. Dragons up. And then we finally get out of there. 
Yeah. Oh, I forgot they put Shatter on here. Yeah, Shatter's on here. 1.7 million users per day. I think the per day. Well, I'm adding one right now. You know what I mean? Not that I'm probably going to open any of these games. Before your eyes, right? That's the one Janet wanted me to play forever on PC. Now it's on a real platform. I can do that. (laughs) God damn, bro. I'm just joshing everybody. You know, I'm a PC gamer now. Calm down, all right? I I love the idea that, like, not only were you, like, shit talking PC there, you're also saying a real platform. And you're not even necessarily talking about a mobile device. You're talking about Netflix. (laughs) I'm on fire today, everybody. I'm on fire. Everybody's taking off their Naruto headbands, throwing them on the ground, going, Greg! And then their moms are coming downstairs saying, be quiet! Get a job! Oh, my God. I can't. I'm a PC gamer. Huh. yeah yeah i don't know i i don't think that this is going to turn into the next big thing but i feel like that's uh, it's a lot more people than i expected to be using this and it feels like these games are going to continue to happen similar to apple arcade where they get paid a lot of money from people yep. they exist on one platform for a while and no one plays them and then eventually they get put somewhere else and people like them sure exactly yeah I and mean, that's good and again like i know people hate subscription services i know they hate uh, exclusivity that way that are like locking you behind a different thing, yada, yada, yada. It is good for these developers that their games get funded, that they, you know, uh, are able to make these deals and then be in the black. And as you're saying, Tim, usually it ends up, maybe it's six months, maybe it's a year, maybe it's longer than that. Those games come somewhere else. Not, and I guess usually it's a broad statement. I'm, I'm talking a bit on my ass. Obviously some stuff stays exclusive forever, but it is good to see that there's an, uh, a market out there to help fund original games and keep things going and, and keep people on there. And so, yeah, I, you know, I think Netflix uh, games is one of those when there's a must play on there and when they really get there, you know, Half-Life Alex, I could see, you know, things really moving there and shaking it up. But is that going to be retention? It reminds me a lot of Apple Arcade. When Apple Arcade launched, right? Like I dove in, I was playing uh, mini motorways or uh, what was it? The subway one, I forget what it was actually called and something else on there and enjoying my time with it. But then you know, I kind of burned out on it and didn't renew and haven't come back. I think I came back once for something. I forget what it was, but maybe that's what happens here. But Netflix, of course, going through quite the shift over there, right? We've seen layoffs. We've seen, you know, subscriber numbers falling. We've seen prices going up. And you do wonder if they start getting into, all right, we got to tighten the belt. I do wonder if games would be something that would be, I don't know where on the chopping block, but on the chopping block. Because eventually, you know, what's going to happen is somebody's going to come in there and be like, Let's get serious about tightening the belt and being in, in serious about who we are and what we are. We are Netflix, and that means movies, and that means TV shows, period. And so everything else has to fall away. We saw the editorial get a, a bunch of layoffs recently, right? Like, again, maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe they turn it around. Maybe, you know, they maybe games become a huge hit, and they, you know, people are there. I don't know, but I could see that being one of the many multiverse ways it goes. I, I wish them the best and hope so, and I hope they keep funding cool games, and I hope those cool games get there. But to your point, like, for something you're just starting, right? And you are talking about what this is still year one. Is that what they said? Yeah, almost one year that they have. You know, 1.7 isn't anything to, you know, fuck with. People, a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's money, baby. Uh, number six, ladies and gentlemen, on the Roper Report, a Pac-Man live-action movie is in development. This is Mia Galupo over at the Hollywood Reporter. A live-action film is in development based on the classic arcade game with en- uh, uh, with an endless appetite, Pac-Man. Uh, the project hails from Bandai Namco Entertainment, the company behind Pac-Man, and Wayfarer Studios, the production company founded by two guys that I don't know. Uh, the project will be based on an original idea from Chuck Willems, Sonic the Hedgehog, of Lightbeam Entertainment. Uh, then these other people will produce that doesn't matter. <laughs> and you know well it's like you get into the hollywood thing it's like do any of us know who steve sorowitz is or justin baldani are and i'm not 
saying bad. I'm not saying we he's just like come on. We're I'm gonna put it this way. I, I normally do know these type of things. I don't know these people. So sure. Yeah, yeah. So there, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh Pac-Man movie, how stoked are you? I wouldn't say I'm stoked, but like I feel like we are in an era where video game movies are good. So I don't think that this is gonna be the worst thing in the world. Like it could be, but it also could be fun. Like I feel like everything's just up in the air where like you can't call the ball on these type of things these days because like I, a Pac-Man movie's not gonna try to be Citizen Kane. It's gonna try to be uh fun, successful family romp in the summer. And I think that they have the potential to pull that off. And I feel like if they add some weird gimmick to it. It potentially could work. Do something weird with Pac-Man. It's a weird idea. It's Pac-Man. There's ghosts. What the hell's going on? It's a great question. That is yeah. a great question. What the hell is going on? Uh, somebody in the chat called out Pixels, of course, which is what I, I retweeted yesterday, which love yeah. or hate Pixels. You know what I mean? I know the world's been split if they love or hate it. Oh, yeah. the, scene where the, Pac- the, case? the screen where the Pac-Man creator got out and <laughs> tried to talk to Pac-Man, got his hand bit off. That's a great fucking scene. That was a fun scene. Yeah. I could have done without... The reaction shots of Peter Dinklage, Adam Sandler, and Josh Gad. Like, I watched it again yesterday. Uh, I retweeted it. You know what I mean? That kind of brought it down. But the overall theme of he's my son, he's a good boy, yada, yada, yada. That was fun. That was good. That was fun. So (laughs) do you think there's any potential for the Pac-Man movie to combine with our next news story to a one singular universe, Tim? Number seven, speaking of video game movies, Sonic 3 the movie has a date. This is via Twitter where Sonic movie tweeted, running faster, flying higher, and punching harder. Sonic, I'm sorry, hashtag Sonic movie 3 hits theaters on December 20th, 2024. The only bad news about this, Greg, is December 2024 is so far away. Yeah. I want to know what's coming. I I am so excited about this. Sonic 2 was freaking awesome awesome i tweeted this yesterday but the end of sonic 2 the whole final fight is a moment that i rewatch on paramount plus as often as i rewatch any mcu moment in history it is so hype it is so awesome this movie knocked it out of the goddamn park and i will not hear any different sonic one a fine time a good time had some moments had a lot of things i didn't love that much whatever sonic 2 is an absolute blast. They know what they're doing. They're full on in at this point. And everything that they're teasing at the end of this one, I'm like, we know what Sonic 3 is about to be, and it's about to be freaking awesome. I can't wait. I still haven't seen Sonic 2. It's a good time, Greg. It's a good time. But it's a, it's one of those that I say I haven't seen, and then I, I literally, I'm like... I doubt you've seen I it. I haven't. I haven't seen it. Well, no. it's on demand now, right? So, I mean, I can. Yeah, I yeah, could yeah. see it. Yeah. You can see it, Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I, I like Sonic it. 1. Yeah, if you like Sonic 1... I, I can't fathom liking Sonic 2 less than Sonic 1. It's just more of all the good stuff. It's not a perfect film. There's stuff I would take out. But I will say, I will say, for anybody that starts Sonic 2, the things that you were like, I don't know if I like this, by the end of it, get back to me and let me know. Do you think... Because all, oh, fa- all the wedding stuff, let's just say it. It's all the wedding stuff. You're Sonic like, gets ah, married? Sonic's married? Is, wow. is Sonic marrying a real woman in I this? don't want this at all. And then by the end of the wedding stuff, you're like, all right. You did the best you could with that. Okay, okay I'll give okay. it to you. So he kisses a human lady is what you're Not saying. Not yet. Not okay. yet. We're Do you gonna think have to wait Jim Carrey comes out of retirement to come back as Robotnik? I think, unfortunately, I think we saw the end of of, of, Doctor, of Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik in Sonic 2. But hey, if you're going to go out, the best way to go out is falling off of a giant robot saying later, haters. Nice. Spoilers now. I have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> sucks. Didn't mean to ruin Sonic the Hedgehog too. <laughs> like, yeah, Sonic beat Robotnik. <laughs> Fuck. There's no point now. 
I, number eight dude, on the Red Purple. Here's the thing, everybody. Here's the thing. If you have any joy left in your fucking hearts, all right, any, any, I need you to go to YouTube and look up theater reactions to the post-credit scene of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Because, you know, we've all been there, right? We see Thanos come, I'll do it myself, and we're like, ah, you know, freaking the fuck out. You haven't lived <laughs> until you hear the high-pitched shrill of anywhere between six and 11-year-olds losing their fucking minds to a Sonic the Hedgehog post-credit scene. And, and I was there, too. I wa- Since you already spoiled Robotnik's death, I watched it. I, I watched it, but I forgot which ones. What's the post credit scene here? I don't want to spoil it for the the millions. Tell me, millions out there. no. I've already seen. I already saw it. Mm-mm. No, no, that's an actual no. spoiler. No, yeah, that's. I don't want to take that joy from anybody, Greg. Chat, write it backwards in the chat for me. Nah, actually, that's too hard. Just write it in the chat. Nobody look at the chat. Nobody look at the chat. Nobody look at the chat unless you want to know how this does it. I could just slack it to you. You could also uh, just think for like two seconds about like what it possibly could be, and it is. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people writing Greg sucks backwards. I should have walked right that into that. That was good. That was good. Right That's real that good. Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> and then okay, and then Spall to uh, twenty seven fourteen says goodbye Imran, <laughs> which of course is my reoccurring postcard bit where I write uh, yeah. goodbye Imran backwards. And that is a great callback. Number eight and final in the report, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of Sonic, the blue bur- blue bur- the blue blur is going to be at the Gamescom opening night live. This is via Jeff Keeley on Twitter. It's true. Sonic the Hedgehog is coming to Gamescom opening night live. Tune in live on Tuesday, August 23rd for a world premiere. New look and news about Sonic Frontiers during opening night live. Stream it anywhere at. 11 a.m. Pacific time. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We will be streaming it on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames live reacting to it here. Don't miss it. You'll see Tim freak out about the blue blur. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for Frontiers. I hope it's okay. Is that game this year? Is there a date on Frontiers? Uh, Yeah, it is this year. There's no date, but it's this year until they announce they're delaying it at Gamescom because they're scared of God of War. Unless they have fiscal year things they need to hit and Sega needs that cash money moolah. If there's anyone who can stand up to Kratos, it's Sonic mm-hmm. the Hedgehog. It he is. likes chili dogs. He does. Uh, however, Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic Frontiers and Opening Night Live are so far away. Tim, if I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grab shop, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today. Two-point campus on everything. I'm not even going to read it. Uh, Farthest Frontier on PC. Timothy and the Power of Moo on cool. PC. Me and Moose. Two, mini arcade machine. Uh, Elden Ring 1.06 gets, or Elden Ring gets a patch 1.06. It introduces balance changes and updates to how summons and evasions work. Buffs great swords, curved great swords, and great hammers. Nerfs the corpse plier weapon skill and bloodhound step ash of war and more. Sucks to be a bloodhound step ash of war main, if you ask me, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be maidenless and without my bloodhound step and ash step ash of war. I'll tell you what. Enjoy your Mountain Dew dorks. <laughs> Deals of the day. <laughs> Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battles is $14.99 on the US eShop. Tim, mm-hmm. we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to go. 
to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, podcast servers around the globe. Uh, Nanobiologist points out that Jim Carrey has quit acting for now. There's a chance he'll come back for Sonic. And the, of course, spoilers, I didn't even need the article. Jim Carrey's coming back to acting. Don't worry, everybody. Don't worry. He's tried this before. Remember when he wanted to go be a painter? And he did cool paintings. Then he came back to acting. He'll be back. Don't worry about it. And then... Uh, You'd be very excited. If he's the post-credit of Sonic 3, I'd be really, really into that. Shop Raven writes in and says, None of you wrong, but you missed. A multiplayer mode has been discovered in Super Punch-Out. So that's something going on. Twenty-eight. This is an Ars Technica article. 28 cool. years later, Super Punch-Out's two-player mode has been discovered. That's really cool. You want me to re- actually read you the story? Yeah. Well, open up. Uh, this is uh, Sam over at Ars Techno Horse. Uh, while Punch-Out! has been one of Nintendo's most beloved fighting games since its 1984 debut in arcades, it has uh, rarely featured something common in the genre, a two-player mode. On Monday, however, that changed. The resulting discovery has been hiding in plain sight on the series Super Nintendo Edition for nearly 30 years. Should you own 1994's Super Punch-Out! in any capacity, an original SNES cartridge, a dumped ROM parsed by an emulator on the Nintendo Super Super Nintendo Classic Edition, or even as part of the paid Nintendo Switch online collection of retro games, you can immediately you can immediately access the feature. No hacking or ROMs required. All you need is a pair of game pads. Credit goes to the coder responsible uh, for the at new underscore cheats underscore news account on Twitter, uh, which routinely posts discovery. Yada 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 yada. Uh, yet today's Super Punch Out Discovery revolves around a simple series of button combinations, which require nothing more than a second controller. The two-player mode is hidden behind an additional previously undiscovered menu, which lets solo players skip directly to any of the game's boxing combatants. It's essentially a level select menu, uh, which many classic games featured for internal testing, and speedrunners could arguably use to practice against specific opponents more quickly. This menu can be accessed by holding the R and Y buttons on Player 2's controller at at the press start screen, then pressing start or A uh, with Player 1's controller. Do this and a new menu appears, displaying all 16 boxers' profile icons, pick any of these icons to engage in a one-on-one fight. Once it's over, you're jumped back to the same boxer select menu. In this menu, friends can access a two-player fight if Player 2 holds their B and Y buttons down until the match starts. You won't hear a sound effect or any other indication that it worked. Instead, the match will begin with the second player controlling the boss boxer at the top of the screen. Combine the A, B, X, Y array of buttons with up and down on the D-pad to pull off every single basic and advanced attack. Very cool. Very cool. I love that, man. That's always fun. Yeah, I also think it's really cool that the old uh, Switch Online games have... Yeah. Why am I blanking on this? Switch Online games have online. That's what it is. There's too many onlines there throwing me off. But yeah, it's really cool being able to play... Super Nintendo and N64 games online against people. Great stuff. Have I played uh, an insane amount of Pokemon Puzzle League this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Or are you the best in the world? No, not even close. <laughs> it sucks. I don't yeah. like that. Uh, Olive Party has one more you're wrong, too. I missed out today. The delayed Division 2 Street Activation Apparel event begins today. Enjoy that 
ladies and gentlemen. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms. We run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, you can be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, of course, you can write in the questions, your comments, your concerns. You can get the show ad-free. You can watch us. You can do the post show. Uh, you can watch us live record most shows. Uh, there will be a Gamescast tomorrow, but it's embargoed, so we can't do it live. Um, what else? You can do your PS I Love You. You can watch. You can be a part mm-hmm. of the indie bracket on uh, Thursday. Oh, there's going to be an X-Cast. Is that recording today? When's the X-Cast yep. recording there? X-Cast recording today. You can watch X-Cast today as they record that. You can have a great time, ladies and gentlemen, out there making the content, loving the content, enjoying the content on patreon.com slash games. But no books toss away. YouTube.com slash games, Receipt.com. Podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Uh, your hosts for tomorrow are going to be Blessing and myself. Thursday is going to be Blessing and Tim. And Friday, it's Tim and Gerard the Completionist. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, mean, I forgot to tell you about that. Gerard's coming in on Friday to hang out with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, if you're watching live on Twitch, uh, Mike and Nick are about to play the Mortuary Assistant. I'm sure Nick won't be creepy at all about it. You can watch that live on <laughs> twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching it right now. If you miss it, though, because you're driving your car right now and you're really mad about anime, you can catch it later at youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. For now, Tim and I got a post show to do. But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>